Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast yeah. Hey, how are we? This is the Keith Walsh Podcast My name is Keith Walsh and I am talking on the podcast That's what's happening Got all the details you need. It is Thursday evening as we record this. It's the 14th of the 1st, 2021. Still 2021. And we're not quite even halfway through January yet. So it's been it's been a long couple of weeks. Not going to lie to you. Uh, it's been an eventful couple of weeks. Lots has happened. I, um, I shifted, shifted my anger from... Um, what was going on with the schools and the information and the no information? I'm still slightly like I'm I'm holding on to a bit of anger there, just ready in reserve for uh, just because they haven't really decided. They need to tell the kids that they're not doing the traditional leave insert. It's like uh, the minister for education the other day on the news. We were just sitting on the sofa, and the minister for education's or she, I don't know if she said it, but the newsreader quoted her and said, "Well, the minister for education has stated that she." Uh, would really like to go ahead with the traditional leave insert. And my wife just straight away said, well, I would really like to go on holidays, but it's not possible. So, you know, get your shit together. Uh, I think they just need to tell the kids they're going to uh, do without the leave insert. They they sit down exam this year and figure out another way. Um, Just to, I mean, at least they can get working on that then, whatever the other way is, or, you know, if they need to get their assignments in or whatever it is, you know. There's more than one way to skin a cat, so I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of anger in reserve for that. I'm still bubbling, that's just bubbling away under. And uh, the mother and baby home stuff, I'm just, that has me apoplectic because it's just so sad and, like, I rarely kind of say I rarely get, I don't know what what's happened to me. Maybe it's my old age. I'm getting politicised. But I just feel like um, we really let the people down. We let the young women and the, and, and the children uh, down. And the children who died and the survivors. The, the report, it seems, was just not good enough. It's terrible. The bits I've read are just gone. This is ba- this is a bad report. This is not done justice to what went on and to what people went through. They haven't. There, sh- there should be lots of things happening now. They should be in tune 
digging now. They should be they should be arresting members of the clergy or nuns or the people should be the guards should be finding people who were responsible. There should be trials. This is not good enough. You know, uh, I, ju- I won't go on about it too much, but that's where my anger is at the moment. And I really feel like we need to remove the Catholic Church from everything in this country. They shouldn't be in the schools. They've no place there. They shouldn't be in the in the hospitals. They've no place there. They need to go now. I'm happy for the Catholic Church to stay here and to be like any other church. You know, a place that people decide to go and worship. And if that's what they want to do, that's cool. You shouldn't have nothing... You should have no say in the running of a country. That's ridiculous. It makes no sense. You shouldn't have that power. We are a country. We are a republic. We are Ireland. We are not a Catholic country. Well, we shouldn't be. I mean, people describe us as a Catholic country, but we are a country. We're a country of all sorts of religions and all sorts of beliefs and all sorts of ways of life. You know, it's, you know... You don't look like you you'll see the Harry Krishna's looking to you know call the shots people there will be uproar, you know we need to just cut ourselves let set them free. I did tweet earlier on that we need to run them out of the country, which is a little bit unfair just to the because I actually personally know some priests that are very nice and very good and they can still be nice and good without the Catholic Church. that's what I believe, but you know. Yeah, but allow the Catholic Church to be there, and if people want to go to mass, great. But we need to, we need for not us not to be so inextricably linked, inextricably, inextricably, whatever the word. We need to just not be have such a strong bond with the Catholic, with any church, with any set of beliefs. You know, um, it's not healthy. We need to just do our own thing, make our own decisions, and I wish. I wish there, for anybody who had to go through or was involved in in the mother and baby homes in any way you know I wish we'd done better by you and I hope maybe if I if maybe even if I rant enough that maybe we can get a new report or something my god they're waiting so long and now this anyway so that's where my anger is at the moment I hope you're well um, you're probably listening to this going um I didn't, uh, this is not what I turned the podcast on for, thank you very much. Could you uh, just t- start talking nonsense now, please? Uh, I will get to our guest, who is Dr. Monica. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you more, I'll tell you more about her. I just have a couple of emails to get to. It's great, the podcast gets emails now. It's fantastic, I love them. Um, it is keithwalshpod at gmail.com. I'm confident of that email address now, I won't give out the other one. Uh, from Tom, hi Tom. Uh, hi Keith, currently listening to the Kevin McGahern episode, you were talking about students in college etc, you know, I was having a bit of a rant Tom, uh, I've done a bit of work with undergraduates over the last few years in work, they always believe that the course they are studying dictates what field they go into after college I always tell them that 60% of graduates don't go into that field that they study, I can't remember where I heard that figure so I can't verify it it was also a long time ago so it could be different now, yeah it's probably more Tom Uh, The main thing to take from it, though, is that all you need to do is pass the course and be able to show, be able to show prospective employers that you can read, prospective employers that you have the ability to learn new things. 
that makes a lot of sense, Tom. Thank you very much. Best of luck to your daughter in the leaving. And that's from Tom. That's that's good, sensible talk, Tom. Thank you very much. I think I got another uh, email from Tom then. Oh, yes, Tom then sent me an email about non-alcoholic beer. Uh, Keith, when drinking non-alcoholic beer, pour it aggressively so that you get loads of the gas out. It'll have a massive head. Fanar, fanar. Let that settle and then give the glass a good swirl. OG Tom, he's an original listener, OG. Uh, expert non-alcoholic beer advisor for the Keith Walsh podcast. Tom, great, brilliant. I'll try that now this evening. I, 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 don't, I presume it means less burpees or something. Or does that stop you having the non-alcoholic beer hangover the next day? Either way, thank you very much, Tom, uh, for both your emails. Uh, from Carl Patterson, friend of OG and friend of the podcast. Uh, Hi, Keith. Really love the episode with you and Emma Langford. She's as sound as a pound. I really hope she gets the blue balls sorted. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't heard the Emma Langford episode uh, that went out on Monday night, just gone. Um, yeah, she's, she has blue balls. What was it? Creative blue balls? I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Uh, oh yeah, was, she was talking about it was a metaphor and she was being teased and all that. Uh, fair play, Keith, and look forward to the New Year stuff and stuff. Carl Patterson in Kildare. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate that. Thanks for the shout. Um, let me just see uh, a few emails from from before. From a while before. So this is from November. These are the, the emails I got and I just didn't see in the in the uh, email account hi keith just finished listening to your podcast uh, where you were talking to mike again not 100 percent sure why i'm dropping you a line but you asked and i'm currently sitting in a dentist's waiting room so what the hell i'll start an email to you i've listened to the podcast from the start and i have listened to all of them with the exception of the jason byrne episode which i haven't gotten around to yet i only stumbled across this podcast when you made reference to it on a tiktok i think or perhaps it was instagram Anyway, I'm glad I found it. You hooked me from the start with your chat with Mike in the first couple of episodes when you spoke about life in South Ken in the mid-90s. Oh, this is good. I spent much of my early 20s just down the road in Fulham, know it well, Jason, and working in pubs in that area and related hugely to your experiences. The instantly, I instantly recognised the type of characters you were describing. I worked and drank my way around South Kensington, Fulham, North End Road, Chelsea and Earl's Court. Me too, from around 94 to 99, great times. Spent most of that time between Rossies in Fulham, Slug and Lettuce, yeah, The World's End. Is The World's End, was that, um, why do I think that was, um, oh my God, it's gone out of my head now. The Cool Place. Uh, Bootsy Brogans are up, in, up to Waxies in Leicester Square for a treat. Uh, moved home again in 2000 and been here since now in my mid-40s. Married with three kids, job, mortgage, etc. Working for the civil service and enjoying it for the most part. And despite popular belief, I, along with many of my colleagues, have been working harder and longer than ever uh, since beginning to work from home in March due to COVID. But it has its pluses too. Anyway, just let you know that I'm really enjoying your podcast, especially the episodes of Mike. Uh, I really like the one with Ryan Mack also. Yeah, that was a very good episode, I have to say. If I may say so myself. Well, down to Ryan. Would rather you didn't use my name if you're mentioning any of your emails on an episode. Feel free to give me a different name or use only my first name if you are mentioning emails. 
So keep the podcast coming to great and I enjoy your very honest and accessible approach to mental health. I also like your cards and calendars and also have checked out the Nearly Sisters website. Ah, oh, good man. All great stuff. You have a great base. Keep chipper. Thank you very much, Mr. Man of Mystery. I will call you J-Dog. That's okay. Hopefully that's not giving too much away. J-Dog, I appreciate your time and effort and sending me an email. J-Dog. Over and out. J-Dog. Um, let me see who else. Uh, as requested, Keith. And I always do what the man on the radio says. Here's the notification that I'm an OG listener. Thanks for all the content. Really enjoying it. I'm in the strange position of coming to you brand new because I never listened to the breakfast radio show and I found you on Insta instead. Anyway, great podcast. Jason's one in particular I loved. Thanks again. Good luck with it all blowing up. Lisa. Lisa O'Connor. Thank you very much, Lisa. Lisa O'Connor, so good the name her twice. I don't know why I said her name twice. Uh, there's lots more, um, uh, lots more emails in there that I haven't got to. So if you did send me an email, uh, do do get on to me. KeithWalshPod at gmail dot com. I feel like I was going to say something there. Now I've forgotten all about it. Was there something in there that Lisa said? Um, no, if you're an OG listener, so that means if you're an original podcast listener and it is still early 2021, email me and let me know who you are and where you are and why you're listening and how you discovered the podcast. That'd be great. Thank you very much. It is KeithWalshPod at gmail.com. Right. It's time to uh, crack on and get to our guest today. It is Dr. Monica Perez, Blondie Perez on Instagram. Let me just check that for sure. For shizzle. Yeah, you'll find her on on Instagram, Blondie Perez, and she's a doctor. She is a real doctor, okay? Um, general practitioner, health, wellness, travel, food. This is all uh, her her biog on uh, Instagram. TCD alumna, so she went to Trinity, and uh, yeah, she's um, she's a good person. I started following her on TikTok because she was making interesting TikTok videos about just about health and well-being like she was putting up videos about checking your testicles and vaginal discharge and all that kind of stuff and you know just normal everyday stuff which I talked to her about in the chat and um, I was interested to talk to her because she had come here from another country and trained to be a doctor and was now uh, one of our um, one of our health professionals helping us through this difficult time but she'd come from another country. And sometimes people in this country are, get upset about people coming from other countries because, you know, in their heads, they're over here to somehow make our lives worse. But uh, clearly, um, they come over here to make our lives better, like Dr. Monica, who is a doctor and is literally helping us every day. Um, let me just see, what do I want to say about this? Not a huge amount. She, uh, I, I, I would consider moving down to Cork. Is she in Cork? Yeah, I think she's in Cork at the moment. Just so that she could be my doctor, to be honest with you. Um, give her now a follow on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, Blondie Perez. Actually, she explains why her name is Blondie Perez. Uh, it is episode 53 of the Keith Walsh podcast, and it's me talking to the brilliant, lovely. And also, I should say that there's an added on bit as well, because uh, Monica, or doctor, just doctors, I like to call her, um, kind of went away and had to think about 
what we'd been talking about and she just wanted to clarify a few bits so there's an added little bit at the end of the chat as well it is as i just attempted to say episode 53 of the keith watch podcast it's me talking to dr monica perez enjoy can you hear me now yeah i can fantastic is the sound okay sound is perfect it's lovely yeah have you done uh any, have you have you done any podcasts before i have but i usually do it on my phone yeah and then i got this laptop like months ago and i only started using it like last week so <laughs> i'm still trying to figure it out good well it sounds great yeah how are you doing i'm good thanks i'm good thanks great are you on a break no, I'm off today. So uh, I usually just use today to do my things. So today I was trying to get a plumber. <laughs> I do all my adult stuff. Uh, uh, then I have to go to the post office as well. So all those things. Great. Okay. Uh, I'm recording anyway, so we can just crack on if that's all right. Um, oh, cool. All right. So thank you very much, Monica. Uh, is it uh, doctor or do I call you Monica or doctor or Dr. Perez? Please call me Monica. Oh my God. I don't even like patients calling me doctor. Just call me Monica. I'd feel more comfortable if I could call you doctor. Oh Jesus. Why? <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Then I get very, very uncomfortable. Have you ever thought of getting into the pimple popping business? You know what? That is one of my passions. Oh, the best things ever. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever a patient comes in with something like that, it's like my lo- my eyes light up and I'm just like, okay, let's do this. Oh my God, I love it. Love it. <laughs> I just think it, Dr. Monica's pimple popping, you know, I think it's, it's you're onto a winner, definitely. <laughs> I feel like the American one, Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> uh, what's the worst? That, what, what are the things that people come in with that you don't like? Broken bones. Yeah. They just, make me feel some type of way i don't know yeah no <laughs> even thinking about it now i just like uh-uh. i'm totally yeah I, I totally get that so you're okay with blood oh i don't mind blood a bit of gore yeah, yeah. oh and eye stuff you know when they get like stuff into their eyes as well yeah. um yeah yeah I don't, I, I don't think if i was a doctor and someone had their if their eye had come out well, not yet anyway. No. no. That hasn't happened <laughs> no. yet. <laughs> no. Well, knowing people, it's bound to happen sometimes. Oh, wait. It has happened. Oh. When I was working in a Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Somebody came in with their yeah. eye hanging no. out. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. Beautiful. <laughs> I just like having like flashbacks now and I'm like, how did you sit at home with something like this is always the question that comes to mind. Well, yeah, yeah. it's probably like, yeah, I decided I, I couldn't put it back in myself. So I thought I'd come to A&E. But I can imagine them sitting in A&E just holding their eye with one hand. What they did, actually, they got like um, a gauze and just kind of pushed oh, it kind back of in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Listen, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I spent some time on TikTok. You know that we're in lockdown now, and and there's nothing yes. nothing better than sitting on TikTok and learning. A lot of people are are a bit stiff, a bit spiffy, a bit whatever, a bit squiff, a bit 
they look down their noses at TikTok. And I, I learned so much from TikTok. Um, I learned a lot about, uh, about mindfulness and mental health and yeah. certain people I follow. And then I go down these rabbit holes and I came across your TikTok account and I thought she looks like an interesting person. I'd like to find out more about her. I'd like to find out about her work as a doctor and also why, because I know you're on Instagram as well and you use, you use TikTok in a very interesting way. And I wanted to talk to you about that as well. But before I get to any of that, by way of an introduction, because you're just a doctor. So, you know, uh, doing your, doing your, doing your work. I mean, these are trying times for all our medical staff, but just for any of the listeners, I just, by way of getting to know you, could you tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from? I know you went to, the things I know about you is you're a doctor, you went to Trinity. I think you might spend time in Cork. That's kind of where I'm, where I'm at at the moment. And you don't have a Wikipedia page. You're You're not that famous yet. I'm sure you. Oh, <laughs> but uh, so so I'm I'm I, I need the information from you. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Monica. Okay, so my, my name is Monica Perez Oikem. I am Nigerian Irish. I was born in Nigeria, Lagos, and then I moved to Ireland when I was about fifteen. And I moved to Ireland to be with my dad because my mom passed away, and she was the person I was living with while I was in Nigeria. So I had to kind of move on to my other parent. And it was such, I suppose, a crucial time in my life that being a teenager and just becoming like your own person and then have, having to like uproot everything you knew and come to this foreign country where you you heard they all spoke English, but then <laughs> it didn't sound like English <laughs> for the first three months. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah after that that was great yeah I went to secondary school here so and then subsequently went to college basically where did you uh, move to sorry where did you move to oh yeah moved to Dublin I uh, grew up in Blanchestown so that's my hometown yeah I uh, went to Blakestown was one of like the those, those schools that never made like you know the newspapers when you're classifying like secondary schools and a living cert yeah we never got there but yeah some weights have come out of Blakestown. Oh, Jesus. What happened there? Can you see me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> this, this laptop. I don't know how to use it. But <laughs> anyway. Work, working fine. You sound great. Um, so Lagos to Blanchardstown. There's a guy, I talked to a guy, I think he's from Lagos, a, a rapper called JLOL. Uh, I think he, he he's, in, he's in Newbridge at the moment, but I'm pretty sure he's from Nigeria. This is, I'm not doing one of those classic like, oh, you're from Nigeria. Do you know such and such? You know? Oh, no, no, no. I never thought that. Yeah, I think I've heard of him, but uh, I'm not really. But he lived really in, Bla- he lived in Blanch- Blanchardstown for a while uh, and yeah. he went to school there. There's loads of people that came out of Blanchardstown or even just around Blanchardstown. Even the, um, well, the Tanishtown now, the Overad guy, I know he was like Kasnok, whatever, but yes, the Blanch, like, you know, close enough. <laughs> I'm telling you, Blanchardstown, it's all happening in Blanchardstown. It's going to be declared its own city soon, I suppose, independent of Dublin probably should be so you so what was it like then arriving as a 15 year old to Blanchardstown obviously you have the not the language barrier but the accent barrier yes did you make friends did you you know what was your what was your first year like your first few months I just want to get a bit of a 
how were you yeah, so how were you treated how were you received i was lucky in the sense that i had um, half siblings that were already they were all born here so uh, my stepmom as well, fantastic woman. So I was accepted, I had that. And then Blakestown itself had um, a good proportion of like black students as well. And most of them were Nigerians. So I didn't really feel out of place. And my teachers were so lovely and they were so encouraging. And I think it was like, um, what do you call it? Like a feedback because I was very eager to learn and they, they were so eager to teach as well. And oh gosh accidentally I kind of became like the teacher's pet and everything is just like so well. so secondary school and the first few years were actually not too bad obviously you had the ignorant people talking or saying why do you talk like that and things like that or did you swim down to Africa and stuff uh, from Africa but that never really like bothered me because I had a very very huge circle of black people around me as well so I didn't really feel out of place until I went to college and then everything kind of changed and you're like oh okay all right so i am in ireland <laughs> you know that type of way and then when you're trying to say you're from blanche and they're they're like so where are you from where are you really from that kind of way so that yeah so i found the next so the first five years wasn't too bad but then after that they were a little bit difficult and i had to kind of find my own person um or going to my own person but after that i think it's all good so Trinity and were you were you living in Blanchardstown commuting? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, both 39A. Oh God. <laughs> yes, yes. So I lived at home. Uh, it was quite and I have five younger siblings. So imagine living at home in a three-bedroom home and going to college. And then after college, I'll go to work and then I'll come home and then I'll have to do my study, maybe. In the middle of the night in the kitchen because that was when everyone else was asleep and yeah so i kind of had to find what worked for me so that's good that's okay wow yeah you're, you're an inspiration because obviously we're all homeschooling at the moment so my setup here in my house is this room that i'm in now is kind of a shared office so my wife works from home i work from home i mostly let her have this room unless i'm recording so i'll work on the kitchen table my son yeah my son is homeschooling, uh, so he's on the kitchen table with me. I'm trying to do my work and help him. My daughter's doing the leaving search, so she's up in her bedroom. And that's kind of, but, you know, that's not a bad situation for us because everyone's got their own space. Everyone's got their own room. Yeah. Everyone's got a device. We have Wi-Fi. You know, there's a tendency to give out about it, but then I have to remind myself that some families won't have a room to themselves to work. They won't have the Wi-Fi might have been cut off after Christmas or whatever. They might not have the credit to even look at school or, or the videos on mm -hmm. their phone. They might not even have a phone because they might have smashed it and they might be due an upgrade or whatever it is, or they just don't have the money. And you kind of forget that as, as I'm nicely cocooned here in my house, you know, trying to get on with it, that uh, there's some desperate situations out there. So you, so, so what, so you were working, studying medicine, obviously. Yes. And, uh, and <laughs> trying to study at night. Did you, did you, are, are you, do you not like sleep? Is that not a, you're not a fan of sleeping? I, oh, gee, when I was younger, I could sleep for 16 hours nonstop. But um, by default, I had to, because then I had two jobs. Uh, um, 
I did uh, I did an interview there, so I had to say. So I started off with one job in the cinema, and that wasn't enough to pay my fees. So I had to get another job as a healthcare assistant. So I would do that at night time. So I did that twice a week. So that would be, what, 24 hours there, and then I would do, like, 20 hours in the cinema. So between that, I kind of had to figure out where to fit in my sleep. But I don't know. It kind of worked out. And closer to the exam times, uh, get myself like a week and just focus mainly on study. But between all those other times, I would fit it in in the middle of the night. Um, maybe if I finish from the cinema, I'm when everyone else has gone home, I'm still like still boys from being working. So I would do like an hour or so and then go to bed. And I don't know. It's worked out. It certainly has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you obviously have a you've a thirst a thirst for don't mind the construction that's fine okay. right now, i was just like oh, i can't give out to them because they're gonna fix my bathroom no, no, too. It's, it's okay it's only background noise people are used to it you know what i mean we're all just trying to just we're all just trying to get by um so you obviously had a thirst for knowledge and for learning and for you know i could i i was trying to picture myself in college you know if somebody said to me you're gonna have to have get two jobs to pay for the fees. I think I'd get one job and not go to college. Um, so like it's, you, you were, you were eager to, to, to make it work. Where does that come from? Where'd your drive come from? I think um, it came, uh, I suppose, I felt like it was my mission. Like I mentioned at the start that my mom passed away and she passed away majorly due to like medical negligence. And after that, I just kind of had some kind of, desire to be a doctor, be a better doctor and try to do the best I can for my patient. And then knowing that coming over to Ireland there, getting into medical school and knowing that there is like light outside the tunnel, it's going to be great when I finish. I am going to get a job and I'm also going to help people as well. So I didn't see any other option. It was like, this is my goal. This is what I'm going to achieve. This is, and these are the things I have to do to achieve it. So that was how I got through all that. Wow. And what was your what was your education like before you came to Blanchardstown? What was this what was the standard like back home or back in oh. Lagos? Yeah, so normally like I think from primarily from like the age of two, you start play school and then you have um your king um nursery school and then primary school and secondary school and stuff like that. So yeah. So there so, wasn't, a, it wasn't a huge imbalance, you know, there wasn't a huge gap in your knowledge when you arrived. In no, um, things are pretty much similar, except for like the English, because then English here, you had to do like the plays and the poems and things like that. Meanwhile, in Nigeria, that was, I think that was considered literature. That was a different, order, that was a totally other subject. So, um, but and the maths, maths was the same. Geography was completely different as well because then here you're dealing with like Irish geography and then America. You know, back in Nigeria, it's all African and things like that. Or every other thing um, kind of worked out the same. I presume you didn't do Irish history then? No, I did not. <laughs> Although I did down in the Irish class because I was exempted for there was nowhere else to go. So I sit down and I'll listen. And if I actually had to do it, I would have done it because I do love languages. Yeah. I did French um, and... I picked up like Hindi from watching shows, Spanish. I can understand a wee bit. I spent a few weeks in South America and uh, kind of, so things like that. Yeah. So if I really did want to, or if I had to learn 
Irish, I think I would have definitely learned it where, where, properly. How's your IQ? Where's your IQ? It must be. You're, are you a genius? I am not a genius. There's a reason that I'm called. <laughs> I'm called Blondie. For <laughs> My tutor named me that when I was in, in college. You no, know, I am not a genius at all. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm definitely not. No. So your no. tutor called you Blondie in college? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> She's so lovely. Philippa. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So not a genius, I don't know, lucky. How, well, no, hardworking. Um, how, <laughs> so how long are you out of Trinity? When did you finish up? I graduated in 2014. Okay, so not that long ago, really. You're still, you're still a very young doctor, I suppose. It was seven years ago, man. That is long enough, okay? <laughs> no, you see, when you get Come to my on. age, when you get to my age, everything... <laughs> I still think the '90s are only a few years ago. So if you if you mentioned twenty anything, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's only a few weeks ago. That's you're only <laughs> gone. And uh, and since then, you've been uh, where have you where have you worked since? Did I, was I right in saying you spent some time down in Cork, or, or are you? Oh yes, and I, I am still in Cork. So what happened was that I <clears throat> wanted to leave Dublin after college, definitely. So I applied and I did my internship in Cork and Kerry. Cultural, <laughs> complete like change yeah. from Dublin. But it was lovely, honestly. I that was Cork was kind of my first introduction to some kind of like um, country life country. a little bit. Mm. No, I wouldn't say that. I I wouldn't say that anyway. You said it. I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> and then, but it was still a bit of a, a city. I found that people were nicer. But even though a little bit distant, but nicer. You know that uh, you have people smile at you on the street where I never really. Got that or saw that in Dublin, and then Kerry was just completely different. I think um, because there was a group of us that moved to Kerry for work then, so we became a uh, like a small community, and the town was lovely. And I just love, I love Kerry, so beautiful as well, so many places to explore. And then I moved to Clonmel, which is completely different as well. Mm. Uh, but still nice. I've always and all those movements just kind of made me appreciate like the country life and the the culture and even like oh gee I'm that kind of person yeah I would stand and just watch the sunset and I would watch like trees and leaves falls and things like that and yeah so I just love nature since I moved out of Dublin and I think that's all to just moving around um Ireland and then I moved back to Cork to and uh, do my GP scheme which I finished um last year. Do you think our, our have Irish people in general been a been accepting of you as a doctor I mean do you do you I sometimes hear anecdotal stories uh, and I've no evidence of this you know it's just mm -hmm. I've, I've heard of people you know coming into a doctor and being surprised at how the doctor looks and not necessarily believing yeah. that the person could possibly be a doctor is this something that you've encountered or is it just yes multiple times but um I always give people the benefit of a doubt um like I experienced it in the hospital, but in a hospital setting, you would experience it. Um, oh, that the plumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have to let the plumber in? Let the plumber in. Go on. Really? He's it's ringing. Cool. I can get him. Oh yeah, ring. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, you can talk to the plumber. It's cool. 
No, no, it's okay. I'll call back. It's grand. I don't want it's you. To, I, I, I want you to get your toilet fixed. I don't want to be the reason you didn't get your toilet fixed. Ring. Are the you phone. sure? Yeah. Okay. We can oh, cut this out. The phone now? You ring the phone. Okay. Oh, oh, I can't even find the phone. Anyway, he's gone now. Uh, I don't know where the phone has gone. Well, if he rings back, you have to answer it. Yes. Okay. I I will do that if I find the phone eventually. Somewhere I, here. Because I feel like uh, you've given up some of your day off, and I know you're very busy, so I don't want you to miss out on the plumber. <laughs> That's okay. Mean. That's all. Um, That's all right. So, so, so when you say when you encounter people that are a little bit maybe ignorant, uh, you would give them the benefit yes. of the doubt. How do you, how do you what what do you mean by that? Um, so in the hospital setting, I suppose um, but that is not really um it's not as common so when that happens is not acceptable because you should know now that in so many countries there is multicultural people that work in people of different ethnicities work in the hospitals and from the doctor to the porters and stuff like that so that shouldn't come as a shock to you uh, but in a gp session essentially i work in the countryside you don't expect to walk into a room and see a black doctor especially when you're told the doctor's name is monica so I don't I see that as a bad thing when they come in and they're shocked, you know. Uh, and I, for some reason, I kind of expect it as well, you know. So, uh, but after that, if you're now not like receptive or you're still maybe a bit critical or skeptical rather, just because of the color of my skin, um, I try my best to let you know that I am a doctor and I am good at my job and the color of my skin doesn't make a difference, you know. Well, after that, uh, it's up to you. It really, like, I've learned to not let people's opinions of me or how I look affect me. And I just, I'm just there to do my job. And if I'm being very honest, 99.9% um, of the cases, initially they're shocked and that towards the end of the day, uh, end of the consultation, you have them coming back to see me and they're smiling and things like that. So I think it just it's just a normal thing if you go into a room and you find somebody that you don't expect to see you you're bound to be shocked so yeah where do you think we are as a country with regards to racism and being more accepting of people coming from other countries to live and settle here and work here and what and what, what I, do you, where, where do you need where do we need to work on <sighs> the big question i know it, it is and honestly i think we have a long, long way to go. Well, I consider myself a little bit lucky that I am in a profession that there is might be like a little bit of respect in a way. So even though I am doing my job um, and I do get some kind of racism, it's not as bad as somebody else working in some other um, profession where um, there, there's literally no respect. Not that I'm saying people respect their doctors, but <laughs> yeah, so... And then with the recent things that happened, um, I suppose if you're aware of the the guy from my town that got shot there. So, and just seeing the comments and things like that and people trying to dehumanize him. And uh, it just made me, I never realized that um, we as a nation actually thought like that because I didn't think that was around here, but you only just have to give someone an opportunity to talk or they just have to find a situation and then everyone's inner thoughts might just come out and now in age of social media people are just typing whatever they think some most people don't think before the type 
So we do have a very, very long way to go. Um, is racism a problem in Ireland? Yes, but um, is Ireland a racist country? Absolutely not. But um, if we all work together, eventually, is it going to be eradicated? I don't think it is going to be eradicated from any country, but if we stop it or we frown upon it whenever we see it, I think that's one way to go. And if you can educate yourself. I, as think, well. I think the issue is always that you'll always have people who want to tell you that you have an enemy and that the enemy is not to be trusted. And that can be, so when, when we did, when, when there was no black, very few black people living in Ireland, you know, we didn't like the Protestants, um, the Catholics and Protestants didn't get on in Ireland, you know, so it doesn't matter where you are and what you're doing. You'll always be told by the people who have their own agenda that there's an enemy and there's a reason that you need to be scared. And we have to be very careful of that as well, not to just, you know, as you mentioned, that poor young man who was killed, uh, th there was a lot of people that were very quick to, to, um, to publicize fake news about this young mm -hmm. man and also there's a lot of people who jumped on this fake news and believed it and and yeah. uh, and, and pushed this agenda and and we need to be we need to be very careful and very skeptical of it's not the people from other countries that are coming to live in in our country it's the people who are here and have their own agenda and want to make you afraid of of anything of an other someone from mm -hmm. another country someone from another town someone from another planet you know you know that's what we'd be yeah. worrying about next is you know so somebody could be coming here from another planet taking your jobs you know because there's always there's always an agenda and always, you have to follow the follow the source find out why they're saying it and always be open and eager to learn why somebody is saying what they're saying you know and don't just take things yeah. don't pick up the newspaper and just read what what they're telling you either but certainly don't mm -hmm. don't look on facebook and just <laughs> just believe what's you know Johnny Johnny Big Nose yeah. yeah, yeah. somebody you know it's we, we just need to be very careful and we need to be we're an educated country we need to be better than this you know we need to rise above yeah. so you so you think we have hope as a country I think so because there are so many people that are willing to learn there are so many movements happening as well and I think 2020 was a that's a big a big year for racism and um, education and over to the fact that now ignorance is no excuse for racism anymore, you know, because you if you're old enough to speak, you're old enough to know better, you know, so things like that, but not old enough to be, but if you're old enough to be a racist, you're old enough to know better, that's what I meant. <laughs> so things like that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't understand that. <laughs> one year old, you understand, but anyway, I hope it's that it will be one year old racist. <laughs> <laughs> those those one-year-olds, they're the worst. They are the yeah. worst. Uh, <laughs> but they, but you know, but, but the thing about children is they're not, they're not in, it's, Nobody is racist. You're not born. It's somebody. Yes. Somebody it's, tells you. It's, you know? you. it's a. It's a. It's a thing you learn. Um, uh -huh. And now, so so you worked in in the hospital for a few years. Did yes. your time, as it were, and now you're a GP. Yes. How long is how long have you been doing that for? So um, I did it for two years as part, as part of my training, and now for the last 
year now since last summer full time board certified I love saying that <laughs> board, board certified, certified. Well, well done yes. excellent and are you enjoying it I am loving it oh my gosh I absolutely absolutely love it what I love about being a GP is the fact that you just don't see the person for what they come from or they came from uh, um, I said again so you're not like a specialist in some sense that you just deal with the person's heart or the person's like lungs you deal with the person as an individual so I'm a kind of GP I will talk to you about your pets I will talk to you about um even like your relationships and things like that or we even talk about tv shows and I don't know I I'm probably very very chatty as a GP <laughs> but I think it's a holistic point of view and I love that about my job that we still I'm going to still treat your cholesterol and every other thing but even your mental health still comes into that as as well so and most GPs are like that so that's what I love about being a GP Sometimes I wonder about uh, whether GPs do take, I, I, I'm not a fan of going to the GP because I don't know what, it's a ridiculous reason and I need to get better at, at getting checkups. But I feel like they don't look at the holistic thing. They're just like, you go in with a problem and they they give you some tablets and that's it. You're done. And I kind of feel like, well, what about, you haven't asked me about my, how much exercise I take every week or, you know, mm-hmm. how much I drink or, you know, if I smoke or you just, you know, you're just giving me the tablets for the thing that the this condition I have that keeps getting worse and it's not getting better because you've given me anyway. That's my belief, but I I presume things have changed and maybe I should go back to my doctor. Um, definitely. And oh, now don't get me wrong, there are GPs out there like that, and lots of people are under like time constraints. Most GP appointments are like 15 minutes, but there's always so much. I'm always running over. But like I said, that's because we're always like getting into the integrity of things. So it does, it's a bit of like the personality of the GP and also your personality as well. It is a two-way street. So if you're willing to talk, I think there's a GP that is willing to listen and also depending on that, maybe are you is there a long list? Is there time and things like that? Do we find that that's crucial at the, at the moment? So it all depends on the two people sitting in that room. How has it been for you the year with COVID and what have you seen, you know, being at the forefront, at the coal face, as it were, of dealing with the COVID? Like, like it's as your first year as a GP, was it like a baptism of fire or was it, was it easier? Was it harder? Certainly it wasn't easier at all. Uh, so it came on towards the end of my training and, um, I think I remember um, 11 months ago uh, when we, was it 11 months ago? There about March, before mm. it definitely became reality. And when we realized that, okay, this is going to be happening. And then I have um, asthma. And um, most times, my asthma is quite bad. So I would require like antibiotics and steroids and things like that. So, and then you hear about this virus that attacks the lungs and things. And my fear was that, and I live alone as well. So for weeks, I had this fear that I was going to get COVID. I was going to die in my bedroom. And no one was going to find me. And it was so scary. I was so, so, so anxious. Even thinking about it now, I'm, I'm even getting emotional thinking about it. I was so scared, honestly, that um, I even had to tell people in work, like, if I'm meant to be in work and you haven't heard from me by 10, please send someone to my house. Maybe I'm dead. You know, the fear was that real. Um 
I have colleagues that are working in A&E and we just like talk and there was just this fear because we did not know what to expect. And then after a while, we just had to let ourselves know that, well, I couldn't stop working. Um, uh, it didn't make sense, but I just had to do what was best and try and protect myself as much as possible. So I think I became much more calmer when I decided that this is something that I could get. And if I do get it, fine. So I accepted the fact that I could get COVID in the line of work. And I think that anxiety then, it's, it eased it a little bit. And then when we're now learning more about it, and then knowing that there was a vaccine on the way and things like that, so that helped. But I was working as a GP and I was also working in the COVID hub where there's a respiratory assessment for people that were diagnosed with COVID, but not sick enough to be in the hospital. And then because you're trying to protect the, them from coming into the gen, uh, GP buildings as well. So they come to the special place with the COVID hubs and you had to wear like full PPE and things like that. So I was working there as well. And yes, so there was a lot of anxiety, um, but that is all is, like I said, through my acceptance. And I think there's still a lot of that going around as a, in terms of, that's me speaking as a medic and then me getting feedback from patients as well. There was a lot of mental health issues where people crying, there were people worried, parents worried about their kids, um, sons worried about their parents, their elderly parents, people that are losing their jobs. It was just, it was a huge, huge, huge mental health, like um, uh, mental health issue with COVID. And I don't think people have really realized the magnitude. I know it affected the economy, it affected um uh, lives and stuff but even the mental health people that are surviving did like loads of people living in fear loads of people living with the guilt let's say somebody gets it um maybe a son gets it and then the parent gets it that son is feeling very guilty that i gave it to my parents you know that, that kind of way so <sighs> do you worry that there's a bit of a mental health time bomb about to go off like as in yes that's going to be the other thing that we have to deal with once we get the vaccines oh i think we're already dealing with this okay we're definitely what, so many what does it look like to you are you are you seeing it in in your in your practice yes 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 um uh having to i've been i'm now a big like preacher of mindfulness and meditation things i never did but i just realized this works for me so i'm really like promoting that to anyone that would listen um so yes there the the bomb has um, gone off and i think even after all this is over even not just the anxiety the what happened during time people will still have to deal with that lives lost um incomes lost as well so let's not forget when someone loses loses their livelihood as well like all these publicans i work in the country and place where there are loads of pubs and things like that Lots of them have lost, lost their, their sources of income, so that would affect them mentally as well. So, <sighs> crazy situation. Do you do you notice um, in your practice people have people been drinking more at home? Is that a, is that an issue at all, or have you have you noticed? Is that something? It's no, actually no. It's only the people that had a tendency to overdrink that that would have been. No, most people, when you ask them, so when last did you have a drink? Ah, oh, sure. <laughs> when last was the pubs open was always the answer. No, I think there was less 
but personally anyway, so I can't speak for other practices or other catchment areas, but I think there was less alcohol. Maybe they're just not telling me. Personally, I do not drink. I'm allergic to alcohol. So <laughs> anyway. Hey, I think we're all allergic to alcohol, but some of us push through, you know what I mean? I. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, uh, I said, uh, I haven't had, I haven't really had a drink in about a, a year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I gave up drink about a year ago, over a year ago. Um, and how, why did you do that? And how do you feel about that? Oh, I love it. I love not drinking. Um, I gave up because I just had been thinking about it for a long time. I didn't think it was doing me any good. I don't think I was benefiting from it in any way, other than feeling slightly happy for a few hours every week. I felt dreadful for the rest of the week and mm-hmm. it just the, the payoff didn't seem worth it I couldn't there didn't seem to be a balance of I, I gave it up initially because I was quite busy I needed to have a clear head um, yes and I kind of set myself a challenge of not drinking for 100 days at the start of the year last year and when lockdown happened I just kept going because I thought well now is not the time to start drinking again um, mm-hmm. And I just felt better. But at some point during the year, I said I, I did an experiment. So I had a weekend where I drank what I normally would drink. And the, f- the, the, the feeling I had, it wasn't so much the hangover. It was the week afterwards. I felt this sense of foreboding, of doom, of uh, like every I was a bad person. Something bad was going to happen. Everything was just, yeah. you know, the fear, the fear, they call it. Like I just yeah. felt and I could I could see then how that's how I had felt for a long time with my drinking mm. habits, even though I only drank at the weekends or whatever. Every week subsequently was meant that I was. Into it. Yeah. yeah, I felt like I, I was. Alcohol is depressant. Yeah. People don't realize it. it does affect your mental health as well. And then even withdrawing from alcohol. Can you, did you know that if you're withdrawing from alcohol, you could actually have a condition called atrial fibrillation. It could make your heart go irregular for a while. Because okay. you're drawing from it, alcohol isn't great at all. What should I be? What should I be watching out for now? Like I'm, a, I'm a year off alcohol. Do you think I'm? Do you think I'm okay? I think men- mentally, I I'm think, okay. I think you're perfect. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think you're. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about your um about your social media stuff and why, because I mean you talk a lot about, uh, you know you're not on social media you know, uh, doing, it's not like you're on TikTok doing the TikTok dances. You're, you're on there with information um, mm. about all sorts, like, you know, problems with the genitals and how to wash your, you know, how a lady should wash her, her vagina. Is, 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 yeah. So, so it's very practical stuff. And, and I, you know, I, I think it's great that it's there because if, 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 you. if young people are watching TikTok and, they're getting the kind of information they need to they need about their about their health, about their mental health, and about COVID. Yeah. It's very, very helpful that you're on there. Why did you decide or what 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 triggered it? What started you? So I so saw my social media kind of started with Instagram. I was always on Instagram anyway. But when I became I started working as a GP. Hang on. So hang on. You were on Instagram okay. as, when you were studying. Was this when you were studying doing two jobs? And, oh, then, and oh, that, I was, but that, that wasn't really anything. <laughs> yeah, that was, was I, was, I was obsessed with my baby brother. So if you saw my Instagram then, you would think, oh my God, does she have a kid and things like that. But no, uh, after that, I started traveling a lot. So that was when my social media took off because I started traveling. And then 
I then got, I started working as a GP and then just sharing like funny stories, like when a kid calls me like Doc McStuffins or something like that. <laughs> so things, I like guess I share that or when <laughs> my white patient would go to me and ask me, oh, do you think I, I look pale? And then I was like, well, you know, <laughs> you know, things like that. So I all those funny like encounters. So they subsequently grew and through the pandemic, I started doing like quizzes as well. And that grew. Uh, and then um, I noticed that my sisters weren't like really like liking my posts. So I was like, why are you not liking my posts? <laughs> and then they were like, because Instagram now is boring. It's all about TikTok. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I got on TikTok just to see what this is about. Then I was like, wow, this is great. There is like, there's no obligation to like anything. There's no obligation to follow anyone. It's just you just watch it. There are loads of funny dances and things like that. And I saw some doctors also sharing information there. And then I realized that if young people are on this, maybe that this might be a good idea. Then you know the way I said I'm always chatting with my patients. So one of my young patients as well, we're talking about contraceptions. And then she was like, oh, she found something on TikTok about contraception and she loved it. So I was like, oh, so people actually do like watch this. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to do something like that. And basically that was what started. I started off trying to do the dance could not dance to save my life <laughs> so, I know, I just pointed and pointed and pointing and then I just like okay maybe I'm just gonna try and talk and see if that goes well so that's how I uh, started my TikTok there just to spread information because I felt okay that's where young people are now and probably they need to hear this as well yeah, because uh, I mean, a recent TikTok you did was about uh, men, young men, young or old men, tech, check, checking themselves and their testicles and yeah. keeping an eye on them. That's that's quite important, isn't it? And and it's because the problem with COVID at the moment and the way we operate as a country and the powers that be try to get a, the message out to people is generally through RTE or the news. So you know. Mm-hmm. As a family, if there's something going on, we'll say, oh, you know, if there's something going on with the leaving cert, my daughter's sitting in the leaving cert. So we'll sit down, watch the six o'clock news or the nine o'clock news. The problem is the people who you need to get, the, the people who aren't behaving themselves and aren't following the, the rules about COVID are not sitting down to watch the six o'clock news or the nine o'clock news. They don't care yes. about RTE and they probably don't even know it exists. Yep. And there has to be a better way of getting to these people. And that's why I think it's very important. I don't know if the right people are embracing the world of TikTok or using it or if it's been utilized properly, but it's good to see you on there giving the advice. And, you know, that could, I mean, you know, you'd imagine a 15, 16 year old, 17 year old, 20 year old, whatever, saying maybe to their parents or to their friends, look, we really shouldn't be meeting. We should, you, do you know what I mean? Like you might just get the right, mm-hmm. there's a chance at least that someone will see it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and what is, what's your, so if you're on TikTok and you're trying to get a message across to young people, what is the main message that young people need to be hearing at the moment? Is it just like, are you aware that young people, not necessarily young people, but all people, people, in general aren't following the guidelines yeah like what are the main yeah. what are the main things that people should be doing at the moment well we could all start with the basics and is they're washing your hands appropriately um 
I, I, I did something there a while back on how to actually wash your hands properly. And lots of people are like, oh, that's good. So things like that. So make sure you wash your hands. Good hand hygiene. Wear your mask. It's not just about having a mask there. Wearing your mask properly, you know, not touching, touching your mask, which I know is really quite impossible, especially for people that wear glasses and things. You're trying to pull it back up and trying to, the fog and all those kind of things. So wear your mask and then try and stay a safe distance when you're meeting up with anyone even outside, especially in the, even when you're outside, when it comes to the meeting of people, I know uh, something I'm even still like battling with my uh, <laughs> my siblings as well. I'm like, you don't have to meet them. And they're like, oh, but we've always met them. And they're in, they're in my social circle. And I was like, okay, but are these people not meeting other people and trying to understand that just because this, we meet this person all the time doesn't mean that the person doesn't meet other people as well. You can... You, you cannot keep people locked at home, but if people can be sensible, it, that's all we. That's all I ask. I know it's very, very hard to do, but try and be sensible and be practical. I know that I can't just sit down here meeting Tom, Tom, Dick, and Harry, going to people's homes and things like that. So just if you can adhere to the guidelines, fine. But if you cannot, be sensible. Yeah, I think we lost the run of ourselves over Christmas. I think that's the problem, isn't it? We just sort of. We forgot about the guidelines, I think, everybody, most people. Um, yeah. Which was which was unfortunate because we were doing so well, you know, we were we we we've done so well. But look at we we'll I'm sure we'll bounce back. Have you got have you been vaccinated yet? Are you, are you in line to get a vaccine? I was meant to be vaccinated over the weekend. I filled in the form. I didn't get nothing. Oh <laughs> but, but anyway, so I'm still waiting for it. Yeah. But I hope I get it soon, yeah. And then about the vaccine, yeah. So um, so far, it's just the Pfizer vaccine that is still available in Ireland. Uh, although the Moderna vaccine has been approved by the EU, it's not here yet, as far as I know. And then currently, I heard, uh, I think it was today in the news that the the AstraZeneca one um, is being um, considered by the EU now. Meanwhile, that's already been delivered in in the UK because it's the Oxford vaccine. So even though you do have the vaccine, even though you do get the vaccine, it says now most three of those vaccines, the three vaccines, you do need two doses, uh, usually about 21 days apart. I'm not too sure about, I think the AstraZeneca one says about a month, but don't quote me on that. Um, and then you don't get the protection until seven days after the second vaccine. And even though you do have the two shots, that doesn't automatically uh, pr uh, protect you from COVID. It's what they're saying now, it protects you from the harmful effects of COVID. <clears throat> so you don't, most likely won't end up in the hospital with COVID. And how do we even know who ends up in the hospital? You can't even get, you can't, you can't, because they're young, fit people that get it and they end up in ICU and they're elderly people with so much comorbidities that they grant. And the people that test positive, they have absolutely no symptoms at all so you don't know who's going to get it you don't know how you're going to react when you get it so the best thing is just to be sensible and just try your best and not get sick and get the people around you sick as well mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll all be vaccinated soon um it is interesting the the people who say that the the, the, the side effects of the vaccines are going to uh we're going to like sprout wings or maybe a horn or something <laughs> i'm not really sure what the bad side effects are but um i'm sure we'll all be okay i'm sure the side effects aren't too everything has side effects you know 
Heroin has side effects. Even paracetamol has side effects for the for the right people, uh, for the wrong people rather. So everything has side effects. Even the flu vaccine has um, side effects as well. So it's just uh, you have to the benefit at at ways the risk. Anything. So yeah. even there are people that are allergic to eggs. The people are allergic to milk. You understand yeah, things like yeah. that. But yeah. like. Uh... The, the same guy who says the, side, the, the vaccine has side effects is not too worried about the side effects of 15 pints of Guinness. Um, oh, oh, well, yeah, he put that in that context as well. As well. Yeah, or oh, eating like 20 McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, getting, a, getting a chicken roll in the garage, but uh, not worried about the side effects of that. Um, listen, it was really nice to talk to you. Thank you very much for taking the time. I know you're busy. Um, thank you, you so much for you, having me you've got, a, you've got the day off today is that, a, is that a luxury or do you have a day off every week I yeah, I have a day off every week and I use that to do all the things so I go to the post office, I clean I do get like today I'm trying to get a plumber, uh, fix things in the house, sometimes I just sleep all day depending on how busy my good. week is good so, yeah, I think yeah. you deserve, I think I think all you deserve it. So you need you need a day of sleep. I don't know if this is too personal, but it's on your uh, it's on your Instagram. I think uh, you're looking okay. for a you're looking for a husband. Is this true? <laughs> yes, I'm looking for a husband. Oh my gosh! You know, like oh, the, the pandemic has delayed my dating plans and my how, husband plans and my marriage plans. So yes, How are you supposed to meet somebody in a pandemic? That's that's ridiculous. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, if you have any recommendations, anyone, uh, I'm just, a great cook. Yeah. What, what kind? What kind of food? What, what's your best dish? Anything and everything. Honestly, I'm great. Well, okay. No, maybe I don't bake well. Yeah, that's. I'm still learning. But no, I can make like I do make healthy stuff. I also make like greasy stuff as well. Uh, so whatever you want, I can make it. I can follow a recipe to the team. What's, so, what's a good dish from? From Lagos, from uh, from Nigeria. Let's see now. What? Oh yeah, today what I'm going to actually make? I'm going to make yam porridge. So it's not like your oats, but it's basically like yam. And yams are like potatoes, and you put like a wee bit of like uh, tomato sauce in it, and not tomato sauce, like tomatoes itself, and just it's really nice. I put it on my Instagram. You can see it. it's so okay. so tasty. Yeah, I made it over the weekend, and my neighbor loved it. So I'm going to make it again. <laughs> Could you? Do, it's a part. Is it? Would you? Would you say it looks like a curry or a stew or something? Is that that kind of thing? No. It looks like a stew more. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's it's quite it's quite popular. And then we have soups as well. Soups are not like the Irish soups. Our soups are different. Why are you? <laughs> what's different about your soups? Because we don't drink it. We don't use a spoon. Rather. <laughs> We use it's more like um, proper sauce. It's very very thick, and you eat it with like things like fufu. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what fufu is, but Google it. It's very good. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go. I don't know if I should Google fufu. I, I I feel like that might be a bad thing to Google. Um, listen, we put the shout out for a husband, uh, and you are on Instagram. You are on uh, you are on TikTok. People can find you there. Uh, don't get in touch with her if you're a weirdo. Please, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, that. Um, that again. <laughs> Monica, or should I say, Doctor Monica? Monica, please. <laughs> thank you very much for joining me and for giving me your time. And best of luck with everything. 
And I Thank you, you so much. I hope you find a husband. Well, maybe you're just a boyfriend Thank first and then, you know, see how it goes. Oh, wait, no, I'm ready for the husband. Oh, you're going to go straight. <laughs> yes. I just want the husband. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thanks, Monica. Good luck. All right. So, now, Dr. Monica, or doctor as I like to call her, uh, is such a professional that she obviously went away um, had a think about our chat and what I'd asked her about COVID and thought, actually, you know what? There's better advice I can give. So we recorded our Zoom chat and then I went about my business and then I got a message from her. She said, actually, I was back in work today and uh, I just had to think about what you asked me about COVID. Can we, can I record another bit and add it on? And I said, yes, of course you can. So this is Dr. Monica's advice on COVID. Thank you, Monica, for caring so much. Oh, yeah, because it still occurs to me that even though sometimes, yeah, when people are being bombarded with information, they just don't take it in. And then you think these are things that people know, but you still get asked the same question. So I suppose like for my general advice for anyone to try and avoid COVID as best as you can, will be to follow the guidelines, stay at home um, as much as possible and go out only when it is necessary, especially for exercise, wear your face mask. Try not to touch your face. Oh no, I just touched my face. (laughs) Try not to touch your face. um, And also keep a safe distance if you're talking to people. Now, that being said, we do know that you could still get COVID, you could still get symptoms. And only a few days ago, What's your man's name, the CMO? He has said, if you have flu-like symptoms, just assume it's COVID until otherwise proven. So that is your cough, your runny nose, your sore throat, your muscle aches, um, all that's there. So my advice then now, you've tried to do all the things you can and you still get symptoms. If you do have symptoms, isolate yourself. If you're living in a family home and if you have the luxury of having a spare room, go into that room, okay? There are two things you can do. You can ring your GP immediately and try and request a test. Ideally, we don't like doing tests on people that have no symptoms or people that have symptoms on day one because you could come back having a negative result, which then that's a false negative because you are you are symptomatic and the test has been done too quickly. But if you do stay in your room, give yourself 48 hours, see how your symptoms are. Do you get better? Do you feel you're getting worse? Then definitely, you definitely ring your GP. You tell what time, you, what day your symptoms started. And the testing facilities are quite good anyway. So most people, once they get, when they ring their GP, most people do get like same day tests or the test day after. So that would be my general advice to, for COVID at the moment. Things change, but for now, that's for now. my advice. In at the moment we record this, that's your advice. Um, yeah, because there's there's, a, there's there are people saying, I've heard anecdotally people saying, oh, I've I followed the guidelines, I did everything I was supposed to do. I can't think of where I might have gotten this, like people getting COVID, and you know, it seems it seems to have changed a little bit. I don't know if that's true or just people are just telling lies. Well, people don't recall like things that they do or people that they came close to. Like even myself, I tried to help a lady there in the petrol station a few days ago and it 
was after like a few seconds they're like oh my goodness step back you know that kind of way so people don't remember those encounters and you can never be too safe especially if you're living with other people you don't know particularly exactly where they've all been so you just have to be careful you go to the grocery stores as well so you could pick it up anywhere so it's all around it's everywhere my god tell us we're going to be all right monica tell us everything's going to be okay eventually it will be okay (laughs) okay (laughs) listen uh, i appreciate you coming back and uh, just clarifying a few things you're very good because as i said i know you're very busy and um i better let you get back to your work all right so take care if i get any requests or any um proposals from from possible husbands i'll get back to you (laughs) i'm still waiting (laughs) eagerly (laughs) all right so take care thanks monica Cheers. Bye. Bye. No bye, 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 bye. There you go, Dr. Dr. Monica. Very professional. She came back. Uh, she had a little think about it and she came back with some more information. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. Appreciate your time, Dr. Monica. Hope you enjoyed talking to me and I uh, hope you enjoyed listening back to it as well. And I hope you, everybody else, enjoyed listening to it. Um, you can follow uh, Dr. Monica on uh, TikTok as well. She is Blondie Perez on TikTok. Uh, at the moment, she some of her recent TikToks uh, talking about the side effects of COVID. Uh, who and when will get it? Or who and when to get it? Uh, COVID-19 vaccine explained in simple terms by a doctor. And there's a nice picture of her dog there. I don't know. I forgot to ask her why she had, um, she had a balloon tied to her dog. I think she was doing a sort of a photo shoot as well. Um... Simple tips to help you if you have COVID-19. So she's very good. She's very informative. And it's great to see, as I said before, stuff on TikTok that young people might learn stuff that they actually need to know from, you know, for all you TikTok non-believers out there, man. There's some good stuff in there, man. Some good stuff. I remembered. Anyway, thank you, uh, Dr. Monica. I remembered the World's End pub. I, I think it was in Camden. As far as I remember, it was in Camden. But there could have been another World's End pub. I presume that's what you're talking about. Jade Hogg, not his real name. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for me. i got to go and edit this and put it up and get on with the rest of my life. You know, not that I have a life. Um, I might go and have a shower before bed. It's uh, 10 to 10. I like to have a shower before bed, you know. I think it's okay. What are your thoughts on pre-bed showers yes or no yay or nay I don't like it's not like my only shower I sometimes have two showers in the day I know I'm crazy but are you a big fan of the pre pre I don't that's not a weird question is it the pre-bed shower anyway you can let me know the email address as always is keithwalshpod at gmail.com thank you very much please if you like the podcast if you don't like it don't tell anybody about it you know, keep it to yourself <laughs> or you could just pretend you like it to people you don't like uh, if you like the podcast please do subscribe which you probably already do uh, give us a rating five stars would be great leave a comment which would be fantastic like a review how much you like it especially me and uh, that's it and there's also a contributors uh, thing <laughs> link I still have to look up what that is um, a creator's contribution something like that uh, if you want to donate money to the show 
to the podcast, uh, all you have to do is click on the link. It's in the description of the bio of the podcast. And uh, just click on that and whatever you can spare. Like 50 grand. Be a million. A million would be super because then that would be us. Like we, all we would do, me and Mike would just do podcasts every day. If you're a millionaire and you're listening to this and you love me and Mike and our podcast and you want to hear... Uh, like imagine if, if Kanye West was listening to this and he was like man I love I just want to listen to Keith and Mike but I want an episode every day like if you paid us we would do an episode every day absolutely 100% uh, so you know just click the button donate if we see a million coming in from a K West we'll know that'll be the sign anyway gotta go thanks for all your nice comments thanks for listening take it easy please mind yourselves um, stay at home as much as you can as much as you can, you know. No one expects you to do more than you, you know. Mind yourselves. Mind your head. Mind your mental health. And, uh, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, reach out. You can always email me. I'll get back to you. If you're looking to talk to someone, I'll send you in the right direction. Um, and mind each other. Mind yourselves. I need to stop talking now. Someday I'll get good at signing off, okay? I will. Goodbye. See you. Goodbye. Oh, Charlie wasn't here with me. Ah. Oh, chair, I was on my own. Anyway, bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.